Welcome to the All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe Podcast, I'm going to be talking with my man, Joe Ward, about Is Competitive CrossFit Dead? With the announcement that CrossFit will be no longer having regionals, it'll be changing the date of the CrossFit Open, and you will have a different way or different ways of getting to the CrossFit Games. So... We're going to jump into that with Joe Ward here in just a second. Before we get started, though, I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Whoop. That's W-H-O-P. The Whoop strap has changed a little bit since the last time we've talked about it, but I use Whoop as an always-on activity tracker. It helps me to decide how much volume I should put into my workouts for the particular day and the cool thing about Whoop right now is that you can get in for much cheaper than you used to be able to. You actually go in and you sign up for a six-month subscription, which is cool. It's a lot less than having to buy the hardware all by itself. So I've been using Whoop for about a year and a half now. It has changed the way I look at my training, my programming, my uh, intensity for that particular day. So I highly recommend checking out the whoop strap if you'd like to know more about your body and how hard you should push and if you're recovered or if you're not recovered. It's cool stuff that you can get from your body that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. And if you've heard me talk at all before, you know that I try and track as much as I possibly can, but I just cannot figure it out by just thinking about what's actually happening. You need some other devices or ways of figuring out what your body's actually doing. So you can get a month off of your whoop strap if you get a six-month purchase of the whoop by using the code Joe. So if you're looking at getting yourself a whoop strap, head over to whoop.com, use the code Joe, and get yourself a discount. This podcast is also being brought to us by Inside Tracker. So like I said earlier, you cannot figure out what your body is doing without actually tracking some of, the, of these things through external sources. So Inside Tracker, you go spend 15 minutes getting your blood drawn and it's not 15 minutes of having your blood drawn. It takes 15 minutes to get in the door, get the blood drawn and get back out of there. And then a few days later, you get nutritional, you get supplementary, you get lifestyle information based off your blood markers on how you should actually change or keep what you're doing the same. So you get this information that you wouldn't have otherwise. You cannot figure it out yourself. You need something like this that tells you, you know, oh, shoot, I was eating way too much red meat, which I was, and my ferritin levels are super high. My blood sugar's too high. My Basically, my fasting blood sugar's too high. Um, and I can change these things and get drastic results very quickly. So I use Inside Tracker every three to six months just to make sure that my body's in tip-top shape. And there are things that get thrown off from time to time. And the reason I do it every three to six months is I might be having something that changes as I continue with my training or my age or whatever that I can adjust and then get immediate results from. So go to InsideTracker.com, use the code AllRoundJoe to get yourself 10% off, or you can go to my personal page at Inside Tracker by going to allaroundjoe.com of 10% off. So without further ado, I'm going to hook up with Joe Ward here down in Arizona, and we're going to talk about if competitive CrossFit is dead. So enjoy. And if you want to grab the show notes at all for this podcast, they're at allaroundjoe.com slash 153. 
All right, Joe Ward, how are you today, my man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. It's good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you too. Good to chat with you. Uh, how have you been? I've been good. Um, obviously, since last time we talked, moved to Arizona. Now I'm currently coaching basically full-time at two CrossFit gyms. Well, part-time at one, part-time at the other. To me, that equals full-time as a coach. There you um, go. So staying really busy, but obviously trying to coach as much as I can. Cool. And what are the CrossFit gyms you're at? Um, I'm coaching at CrossFit Infinite Strength over in Scottsdale, Arizona, and CrossFit Tempe here in Tempe, Arizona, obviously. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And uh, let's see. You've been up in Seattle. You've been in California. You've been all over the place. How does... uh, Tempe rate on your scale so far? Tempe is pretty cool. I mean, uh, we're talking about just like livability factor. It's really, really up there for someone in their mid 20s, early 30s. There's a lot going on in this area. There's a lot of college students. So there's a lot of stuff to do. Um, in terms of CrossFit scene, it's been interesting to see what the CrossFit scene looks like from these all, from these different areas across the United States. I'd say probably the biggest um, surprise for me since I came here in the CrossFit scene is um, there's a lot of boxes. It's kind of oversaturated as you'd expect, but there's also like a surprisingly small number of female coaches. Really? that's interesting yeah like it's 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 been an interesting thing why do you think that is i don't know i don't know um but it's 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 definitely something i i i'm I'm eager to learn more about since i've been here but since i've gotten here it's been interesting at every single crossfit gym i've either worked out at or potentially worked at or just chatted with all the coaches there there's like this um not necessarily like an underlying competition but like people are eager to fight for female coaches in the area because there's there's such a small population here. Huh. And it's like, if you, if you have a female athlete at your gym that can do a muscle up, it's basically like we want that girl at our gym or we want to groom her to be a coach because it's just not a common thing here. Wow, I wouldn't have expected that for a population that is so dense with people and college students and right? You know, an active lifestyle group essentially. Right? Me too. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we can we can try and ship some people down there for you if you need it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know, any female crossfit athletes that can do a muscle up or that are a coach, um, they are in high demand here. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll let people know and then I'll hook them up with you. You can maybe do some brokering of a deal or something. Perfect. We'll run with that. So let's, uh, let's jump right into this here. Um, the conversation it. that we wanted to have today was basically I would over dramatically 
titled this one is competitive CrossFit dead, but, uh, <laughs> that's just, that's just to get people hooked in here. Um, and maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but, uh, this is our, one of our shop talk uh, episodes here that Joe and I, I believe this is our third one, maybe, or maybe it's, so. I'm not sure if I titled the first one as shop talk or not, but this last one was definitely shop talk. Yeah. Um, whenever there's something that, that comes up in the CrossFit community or, interesting health and fitness thing to talk about. I'm like, Joe Ward, what are you doing this week? So <laughs> I appreciate um, that. for, for those of you that hadn't heard of or heard Joe before on the podcast, uh, he was the intern up at Stoneway CrossFit when I was the head coach there. And basically Joe's just a fantastic guy that once you meet him, you just want to stay in touch with him. So Oh, this is my, my excuse to get to talk with Joe because he's such a busy guy coaching all these CrossFit classes. You and me but, both. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, what we know about the competitive CrossFit changes and then what we think about them and basically where we see these, this stuff going and, and just having a fun conversation about it. But the, so the, some of the first things that we know are that uh, – on wad uh, i'm sorry morning chalk up they had a, a the first post that came out about talking with greg glassman and basically his interest in getting people healthy more than finding the fittest person on earth and i've had the privilege of meeting greg and talking with him and he is very vocal about that he is You know, you know, his number one goal is to get the person into and then battle all of the companies that are basically trying to put crap into our bodies. So yeah. it wasn't that much of a surprise from that standpoint. Um, yeah. But there was some other things that were that were interesting. Do you have anything, any comments on that, Joe, about like Greg and like the direction? Did you? you see that coming or did you think it would always be kind of split up as far as competitive versus the health scene as it is? I mean, in all honesty for me, and I, I, I had a couple conversations with other coaches about this, other athletes about this at, at, the, at the facilities I currently work at. And first of all, recognizing my perspective as a coach and a non-competitive athlete, um, I can say I kind of saw this coming. Um, Greg, if for anyone that's followed Greg, Greg's work and what he's done with CrossFit Health and what he's been doing with the fight against Soda, and even if you look at the way the CrossFit training department with Nicole Carroll and Dave Castro, actually, the way they've kind of built that empire from the ground up in terms of educating people on the CrossFit methodology and advocating for um, the work done in the majority of the affiliates rather than in the minority. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of lead, it kind of has led up to this, I think in a very clear way. Um, Cause I mean, I, one of my favorite quotes that I've heard Greg talk about and I use it all, all the time whenever I coach or talk to people about, what CrossFit is, especially when we have new athletes walking in for the first time and all they have seen is the CrossFit games. I always bring up the quote that Greg Glassman talks about where we have 
three to four times the number of affiliates across the world that have shaved off a hundred pounds off a member or have cured diabetes or some form of chronic disease than have actually sent a athlete to the CrossFit games. So looking at that scope, it's kind of obvious what the real work is that's being done through their methodology, through their affiliates across the whole world. Um, truthfully, that's one of the reasons that got me into CrossFit is I love this opportunity to transform people's people's lives. But at the same time, I can kind of see where this is ruffling a lot of people's feathers because those people that are big fans of the sport, that are avid of the competitive sport, that make a living off of this as a competitive sport, it's almost like the roof is coming down. Yeah, and we'll get into you know that a little in a little bit is like as is the roof actually coming down or not? Yeah. But yeah. from my perspective, I wasn't I wasn't really sure that I would ever see this and meeting the the pull apart. Um, I knew that that Glassman didn't really like the competitive side of things because he was very vocal about that, in that he didn't want the image of crossing like for a while there, it was going down that direction um, down yeah. that road. And then you started to see the commercials change as Absolutely. people were watching them in the CrossFit community, CrossFit games. Absolutely. Two more of these people that were, stories of losing you know 100 pounds or whatnot mm-hmm. so i have reasons for why they i think that's pretty interesting so i put up to talk about the open next but i think it's an easier transition if we talk a, a little bit about like getting rid of regionals as it might have been a cash cow um, mm. um so we'll circle back to how the open is changing its date but do you how much do you think that that had to do with it and and also do you think that they could have done a better job at turning that into something. That was kind of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. So as we know, regionals is gone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me personally, I know a lot of folks have brought that up, and I read it in the articles too. And it's like I'm never a big fan of speaking on, like, something I know little about. But in terms of, like, what the money and finances look like for the regional events it sounds kind of crazy um i think the biggest example was the latin america regional um that one everyone can kind of see was just like a a waste of cash to spend over a million dollars on that to be in the same venue as the rio olympics and then all the equipment didn't even quite get there and then they send two athletes over to the games and those two athletes are subpar competitive wise with the rest of the field. Um, so that can like, that easily looks like a waste of, of finances there. But in terms of all the other ones, like, I don't know, I can't really speak on, could they have done better? Could they have raised the price of admission? I mean, I think people would have still gone to the games. I think when me, and my girlfriend went to the regionals this year in San Diego. Um, we were actually surprised that it was only $30 a day. We expected it to be a lot more. And this was the first time we had ever went. And now we're super happy that we went, obviously. 
Um, but I don't know. It's like, yes, I think if they would have charged more, that's one conversation. People would have still came. Um, all those volunteers out there were like a well-oiled machine that really helped them run the whole event. They had so many vendors that I'm sure had to pay for space. So I don't know. I, I don't know if the if the the, the, the regionals events, looking at it as a cash cow, uh, other than, than the Latin America one, <laughs> um, if if they could have done things better, I'm sure they could have. But is that the main reason I think they're making this shift? I, I highly, highly doubt it. Like I said, if you've been following Greg Glassman's work, if they didn't mention anything about the, the, the cost of regionals, I think people still w- would have expected it and they still would have gone down this route. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because there was a few years back where I was talking with people about the shifts that I thought that CrossFit was going to need to have in order to be something more serious that you're building up, uh, and then that eventually gets you into you know the final event there. And it seems like that might be kind of the direction. I mean, obviously, it's it's different in that it sounds like they're going to take people from uh, events rather than building up points. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it is interesting. I feel like it's, it's a bummer that regional is gone because there's a lot of people that just were able to even do really well with being a regionals athlete. And it was getting to the point where if you were good at social media, you could be a regionals athlete and make a full-time living yeah. off of, you know, just working out essentially. Yeah. You didn't have to be the games person, but I, yeah, I would love to see what that looked like as far as the, the cash breakdown of, you know, when you went to the, the San Diego event, was it full? Was it, was it packed with people? Yeah. So it actually was like the, the Friday of the, the, the weekend, I'd say it was about 50, 60% capacity. Um, but as soon as we went into Saturday, Sunday, the stands were completely filled over at the Delmar fairgrounds. And so I know based on what folks have been telling me that the Pacific regional, the California regional, the whatever regional usually takes place in California, that's one of the, the most attended one out of all the events. I remember looking at when we would watch the regional footage online from other areas the venues were much smaller and I would always comment to whoever I was watching it with that like, like it doesn't look like there's a lot of people there or you can't even fit a lot of people there. I remember looking at the one they had in, in the East for New York. I watched the one in South, which took place in Salt Lake city online. Um, the venues didn't look as big as the Marsh fairgrounds for sure. Um, so I don't even know, maybe the one in mm-hmm. San Diego was, the, the most successful one financially who knows but like based on attendance wise it did not look like there was a low amount of attendance at all in san diego but i can't speak on, on any of the others yeah i yeah i would just love to see that what that balance sheet looks like as far as like how much money they're making versus how much they're spending and like you mentioned earlier what what are the vendors paying what are the sponsors paying you know could they have you know done more about the broadcast because i was watching it all on yeah absolutely facebook or youtube i forget what they were where i was watching it so they could have definitely had more commercials there sold more spots for that 
but going off of that though one of the biggest thing that's been on my mind with this whole conversation is just the whole um the notion of them laying off so much of their media team and them making it public that they want to outsource the the media for the CrossFit Games coverage and everything when I think you and I can both attest from just like spectator experience their media team was awesome like the the fact that we could watch everything I'm sure we could watch things in really good quality by the end of the night you could figure out what event specifically you wanted to watch you could fast forward uh rewind um the amount of time and how quickly they had it turnaround to get that footage up online on their main site i thought was incredible so who knows what that's going to look like i think it's going to really impact the spectator standpoint for those watching it online as we move into this whatever that looks like yeah that's a great point because i'm with you i thought their media department was fantastic they did such a good job at that and will it still still be as good because you know it's nice to be able to log on at night and be like, Oh, I want to catch up on the events that happen. And now it seems like there's going to be way more of that available, right? Because you have all these 16 events that are going to be playing out around the world that you could basically log in and check out. And I hope that it's easy to do. Um, We'll see what happens. I know that there's companies like flow elite that will, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if people actually, you know, are going to pay for that because I've never paid for it in the past because I'm yeah, like, well, I, CrossFit does such a good job. I don't really need to. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. That's one of the things that, like I, I brought up to a few people. I was like, I know everyone's upset about the whole, like there's no more regionals and everything, but I'm like more upset about like they laid off most of their entire CrossFit Games media team. <laughs> like it was so easy to watch whatever yeah. you wanted as fast as you wanted to. And like they did great work. And so I don't know what that looks like for a lot of those folks that will lost their job, but it's rough. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that one. See what the, the hired media looks like and maybe yeah. we'll see if it was good or bad, you know, I suppose. Um, what do you think about the, the open moving? I know that to kind of preface this, the open will be moving to October. It sounds like, and then we're going to have 16 of these qualifier events and then there's going to be people that can get to the CrossFit games by going through the open. Uh, and there's going to be people and from that particular 16 event, or I should say from the open, it sounds like there's going to be uh, 20 people speculating around there and then a winner of each country. So I don't know what, that's a lot right there. What do you, what do you, what were your first impressions of that? for me? I'm like, wow, that could be a really, really long CrossFit season. And I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's way different. It's super interesting. I think there's a couple points on there that I definitely have been have been thinking about and chatting with folks about. The first being when you move the Open to October and then you have those 16 events happening sometime between November and June. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that just makes it so much more scattered. It feels super unorganized. It feels super messy. 
hard to keep track of as opposed to just how linear it was to keep track of open regionals games boom and now it's like as a spectator and as an athlete it's like how many dates do you have to have down what are your targets um well when do you want to peak um in, in your training and it definitely makes a season a lot more of a hot mess to be honest i think but yeah in terms of the training for the competitive athletes, like I said, I can't speak on behalf of being a competitive a- athlete, but as a coach, the way I see that is people have already turned this sport into a train 11 months out of the year for the CrossFit Games. So, I mean, I don't think the training really changes. I think just the targets and the dates and when you want to peak and when you want to when, when you want to be primed for your specific um, sectional event or whatever they're going to be called, depending on where you're at, I think that just changes specifically. But I think at the end of the day, I forget, I was laughing with someone about, uh, about this as soon as they announced all of it. At the end of the day, I don't think this really affects the top 15, 20 people at the games. Like they're going to make it work. They're going to participate at the events that they've already been participating and they've been dominating for fun, whether it's Wadapalooza or the Granite Games or the Dubai CrossFit Championship. Like they've already, they've been participating in that stuff just as like extra prep. So it's almost like you get to take one more competition off of their list and they just change when they're supposed to peak and when they're not. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think the majority of the top, top, top athletes that we have fallen so in love with as spectators will suddenly drop from the games, um, unless you're Josh Bridges. Oh, love you, Josh Bridges, but I think this year, this year you might have to call it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, in terms of training and the open and moving those dates around, I don't think it changes much because people treat it so much like a year round job. The only time we really see people or hear people take time off from training that are in this field is that three week period after the actual games. Besides that you see it on social media, you see it everywhere online. It's like prepping for the next season immediately. Um, I don't think it's going to affect the top athletes too much, but in terms of the way people will be able to get to the games now i agree with you in terms of like it's a lot to take in like there it sounds like there's basically three ways that you can get to the games now you win one of those sectional events you get top 20 in the open or you get top open score in your in your country if your country has an affiliate but then like i have a like what what happens if you're top 20 and you and you um, are the fittest in your country. Does that mean they take the next person or, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of gray area there. Yeah, for sure. And further is, I agree with you with the top 15 athletes. It seems like, you know, they could step in and and they can do pretty well. Um, But for those of you that haven't checked out my interview podcast with over at the get better project, um, I've been interviewing a lot of these athletes that are, you know, games, regionals level. And 
it is interesting to hear about how they do prioritize their training schedules and if they are um, people that have particular holes. And I think that what we're talking about here is more of like those bubble athletes that don't necessarily make it to the games every single year, but they might have um, things that they need to work on. For example, like you might have a guy that needs to get stronger. So he'll take three months after the games to just work on strength activities and then bring his Metcons and endurance back up to get ready for the open. And that's probably you could still do that right but then you'd have to plan the competition that you wanted to do later in the season and it i was also watching a video that jacob hebner did which was pretty interesting and he was talking about if you were one of those particular athletes that needed that wasn't sure you weren't going to come in and totally dominate you could set yourself up to have to be training all year round for being in the competitive mode and not necessarily taking many breaks because let's say that you you start with the open, you don't make it. Then you go into the first competition, you don't make it. And then you, you just basically are jumping around the world um, trying yeah. to find these competitions that you can go to in order to get a spot. And yeah. the question is, is that sustainable? I, I I don't know. I mean, I've, I have talked to a couple of athletes like um, I believe Dakota Rager says that he trains CrossFit basically all year round. And that's just the style that he has. But he also said that that might've. So I think it will be interesting to see how that works. Can the human body be competitive over and over and over again? Um, And if it can, how long can that last? I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting test. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think though there definitely will probably be some sort of, guidelines that prohibit people from participating in more than one of these 16 events because i could see definitely if you're if someone's trying to and they're able to participate in more than one yeah that's a way to set up for for failure i think just because of constantly being in that competitive mode versus being able to prep for the open your event and games um, when in fact we know a lot of the top athletes don't even prep for the open or regionals, they just focus specifically on, on the games, whether that's overconfidence on their part or they're just that far, they're that far out of everyone else's, everyone else's league. Um, but I'm sure there's for the folks that, that aren't at that top 15, top 20 at, at the games right now. Yeah. I think it's definitely, it's, you got to decide if this is really what, what you want to keep doing now. Yeah. Especially if you don't have that, you know, by sponsors and affiliate marketing, whatnot. Yeah. Cause I could see how that would be really, really tough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even you and I've joked about it, you know, like I need, I need Joe Ward following me around with his camera so that I can have some, <laughs> pictures all the time my social media game would be so much better um i could probably make twice as much money just by having joe ward running around after me you and me both if i had someone running around after me especially since i've been coaching so much lately my social media has dropped (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you just need to train a little protege a little joe ward I know. Let especially me know if you have especially since you got the college right there. I know. I got the college right here. I should make it a free uh, unpaid internship. 
There you go. Some, someone would do it. I guarantee it. Someone would do it. You just have to start showing your portfolio and then tell them that you'll help. You'll train them. Uh, I bet, you, know I bet you, you can at least get like three months at a time. I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> All right. So what I see is like positives and negatives coming out of this is, you know, yeah. the positives are, do you definitely get, you have more chances uh, potentially to get to the CrossFit games um, with all the 16 events and the CrossFit Open and winning your country. And then you have interesting questions too with the whole winning of the country thing. You know, do you have to be born and raised in that country? Can How yeah. long do you have to live there? Do you have to have citizenship? You know, because you could get people <laughs> that are trying to game this a little bit. Yeah. So there's some questions I mean, there. People, and then we've seen people uh, do that all the time, especially when people ch- change regionals. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and so having the CrossFit broadcast all year, that could be really cool. We'll see how, if there's a company that's going to just take it over, like we talked about earlier, is that going to be like flow lead or something that just goes ahead and follows around all these competitions. Um, so that could be pretty fun. I know that I would like that. I'd try and find CrossFit. So the negatives, man, uh, are there going to be too many unqualified athletes that are going to be getting into the games? That's another question because it seems like there's going to be a whole bunch of uh what was it like 60 or 60 individuals get there right now and then uh with all of these countries there could potentially be in the hundreds of of athletes uh what are your feelings on that do you think it's it's worth it to have somebody represent their country even if they're not able to really compete i mean i don't know i just this conversation too especially with the pros and cons of it everyone that i've talk to so far whether it's been athletes or other coaches here in my area it's it's i think it's worth noting what perspective you're evaluating these pros and cons on so immediately i think a lot of us go to the pros and cons as a spectator and or as a competitive athlete and so it's like yes the pros of you're able there's more opportunity to get to the games there's going to be more people at the games and then the cons being the people aren't as competitive as everyone here in the united states that we've seen or everyone in front or all the female athletes from iceland you know what i mean um we, we've seen where the really really top top heavy hitters are but from i think it's worth noting from the perspective of what is crossfit hq crossfit the methodology crossfit the way of life that's transformed so many people, so many people's quality of life, the pros and cons of doing this for that, I think are are a whole different conversation as, uh, as well. I think a lot of what, at least I saw in the article and what we know about Greg Glassman and his with all this is how do we keep up with the rapid globalization of this sport and this sport in in terms of the everyday athlete and i think it's actually really really cool to think about how many affiliates there are outside of the united states 
that look to and aspire to the CrossFit Games, but none of that, none of, none of those events really take place outside of the U.S. besides those three regionals that we had. And just looking at the accessibility of it. And so the idea of people outside of the United States, which how many people are now participating in CrossFit affiliates, how many people's lives are being transformed in CrossFit affiliates outside of the United States. There's a certain, um, I don't know, like not even just like a participation factor, but it's really cool. The idea now that's like, I'm the fittest person in Brazil and I get to represent. And then everyone in Brazil has an athlete to look up to and that could potentially inspire people to change their quality of life and hop into it across with affiliate, you know? So I think from the affiliate standpoint, from the, from the, from the purpose of the CrossFit methodology and what it's done, I think there's so many more pros and there are cons from the athlete perspective and the spectator of the sport perspective. It's like, damn, you guys, you're diluting the field. It's not going to be as fun to watch. Um, blah, 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 blah. And then like, I always come back to like, wait a second. If I'm saying that it's not really all about me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I understand, like we always highlight that the people at the CrossFit games at the point zero one percent of, of the field. And they provide so much inspiration for everyone to hop into an affiliate or for those competitive athletes to, to go even harder. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, I think the pros of opening it up in a global platform like this helps and will be able to reach more people outside of the CrossFit gyms to get them in um, versus looking at it in terms of quality of sport. I think that's where a lot of people are going to get caught up. It's like, what's more important to me as a competitive athlete or as a spectator, the quality of the sport and how competitive it is and how crazy all the hard workouts are that Dave Castro programs. And can I do a scaled version of it? Because I most likely can't do it RX at the games. Um, or is it, is it looking at how can we globalize this so that more people see what CrossFit actually about? Yeah, that's, those are great points. And I think that it will also benefit the quality of the sport down the road and we're just looking at it right now. Yeah. So like, you know, five, 10 years from now, those other countries will get caught up, I think. Um, And it will be more like the Olympics where, you know, you have some actual really hard trainers in those particular countries are really good athletes. Um, It just might take a second. So it's like, if you look at it, from a longer term vision, which a lot of us don't have that perspective. We're just like, what's going to happen in 2019? Is it the world going to explode? (laughs) No, probably not. We all thought that. um, Yeah. I'm with you. And if we're it, (laughs) exactly. So if we're looking at it from a global perspective and like, what are we actually trying to do? What is CrossFit trying to do? Um, I think that you're right. I think that it, it's going to impact more people and it will be interesting to see how that happens and, you know, where are these 16 competitions going to be? Are those going to be the things that help impact people as well as the boxes that are going to be opening up because they want to have a CrossFit gym in that country to give themselves a chance to actually get to the competitive CrossFit games or, or whatnot. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's good that you brought up that perspective of it because 
I still don't know completely what that direction is going to be. It will be interesting though. I mean, with the whole CrossFit health thing, like where are they taking it? What are they going to be doing? How's the community outreach look for that? Is it just, you know, what does that look like? Are they, do they have CrossFit commercials in the countries and on regular TV, the promotional Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know, but I think one of the, the, the biggest points of that that brings up for me is just I always I've always loved the I'm sure you've heard the talk from, from, from Greg about just what this sport has done for chronic disease. Um, it's it's something he talks about often. A lot of people are starting to talk more about it at the L1s, at the L2s, and just at all the seminars. Um, they're really, really, really trying to push that. And for me, hearing this transition sounds like sounds like a, we want to bring that message to the forefront in a very, very bold and dramatic way. Because like, uh, I, I love the quote that we've found an elegant, and simple solution to chronic disease and it's hidden in these it's hidden beneath these crazy workouts that we do in these boxes and affiliates across the, the whole world um by putting this on the forefront and the on the mantle by changing the way in which we're looking at the crossfit games and changing the, the emphasis i think my hope, at least, is that they're able to celebrate the fitness on Earth while championing championing this this elegant solution on the same tier. You know what I mean? Because I think it's always been the CrossFit Games is here, and then by the way, we're curing chronic disease behind the scenes. But look at the fittest on Earth; they kind of want to bring it to the same 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 level. I think. Yeah, and I've been doing a lot of research and reading on um, longevity recently. And something that I think is pretty interesting is that CrossFit seems to be rewriting the book and the how fitness affects the disease and the longevity of people because I'll be reading these books and they'll talk about particular diets and macronutrient needs and things like that. And they don't have data on people that are actually fit and how fitness has changed the way that they need to be eating um, or need to, you know, what they're actually doing, how long they live, how their bodies withstand aging, all of that stuff. So all of these things that people are talking about as, as regards to aging and longevity and how you should be eating for that particular lifestyle or even training or whatnot, they don't know because nobody's really done it yet. They don't have the studies. And people haven't gone down that road. So it's kind of this, you know, mystery. We don't know, you know, it seems yeah. like it's all good. It seems like it's all good. Yeah, no, for sure. I remember I, I listened to, the, the, there was a couple podcasts not too long ago. Actually, maybe it was last year with Ben Bergeron. Um, but it was just one of the, he, at one point he had brought up the conversation that we know how we're, CrossFit is rewriting exercise science as we speak. Um, whenever I think about that, though, too, it's it's if we're focused so much on the present and the right now, especially from the competitive sport aspect of CrossFit, 
that's a small window of your life. You know what I mean? Once you get past a certain age and competitive CrossFit, you're just trying to maintain versus trying to increase your, 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 your heavy lifts and your numbers and your aerobic capacity. I mean, you look at a lot of the athletes that were like the OGs at the CrossFit games. Like I always think of Chris Spieler and, um, just, just those kind of athletes that were so great. And then once they hit a certain age, if you listen to their, their podcasts and just where they're at now, all of them talk about the long, longevity game. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, my training is I work out maybe 60 minutes a day, maybe every other day, and I'm still the healthiest I've ever been for my mm-hmm. age. And so it's like looking at these changes to the CrossFit Games, yeah, I think the, the more important work is figuring out where we're going to go from here because this is the first generation i think if you want to even classify it as that that's been this fit and healthy going in to to the next 10 15 years of their life oh 100 percent. and i don't know if you watched any of the 60 plus at the crossfit Uh games this year but those guys and girls were in shape i mean like yeah. you would never think that they were 60 plus years old if you saw them walking down the street you know like abs yeah. and ripped arms and everything yeah. so i i'm really excited to see how long that that lasts how you know can we take that age and kind of perception of what someone should look like at that age and really move it down or like condense these things a lot because yeah. it's People don't look at that. You should almost like force people to look at those people, to look at those yeah. people, to watch those events, so yeah. that they could see. Oh, uh, it would change their perspective completely. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think a lot of what's happening here is obviously a change of perspective. And nobody likes change, but I always say the only thing constant in life is change. Um, but if we're looking at how are we changing this perspective, that's what Greg Glassman and Crosser right here, that's, that's what they're doing. The perspective is being shifted from the fittest on earth, um, and the way they've been highlighted to how can we highlight them in a different way, globalize it and celebrate the work being done in the 15,000 plus affiliates and hope that we can get to a hundred thousand plus affiliates doing this same quality of work yeah man uh thanks for being on the show today i think that we can wrap it up by saying that we're not really sure what this will look like but it probably it seems like from a a global perspective it will be a good thing and i think that people are probably just freaking out a little bit too much um as far as what they're looking at today right now and it will all be good and it will figure it out and even if it ends up not going in the right direction um there's some good people that are leading the crossfit charge and they'll adjust as needed to continue moving themselves the world our fitness in the right direction as well as you know the the fittest people so I agree. Um, I don't know. I, I laugh all the time when people freak out about over big decisions like this because it's almost like people forget what CrossFit's done over the past 10 plus years and discredit all the good stuff they've done. And all of a sudden they make this big move. And I've heard people say now, like Greg Glassman, now he's 
all in it for the money or Greg Glassman is making one of the worst decisions of his life. And I'm like, have we looked at what's been done over the past 10, 12 years? I think the man has shown sound judgment. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, Yeah. So thanks again, Joe, for being on. Is there any final thoughts that you had on this before we let you go and better people? For the rest of your nah, day, <laughs> I think we're good. Like I said, it was fun talking shop on this. It's a it's a conversation that I I, I think is gonna get a lot of traction. Both with your podcast, other folks right now, it's ruffling a lot of feathers. Um, but the more we can ease people into it, or I guess ease people into change, we're all just kind of helping out in our own s- small small way. Or anywhere that people can find you, follow you. Uh, yes, absolutely. You can just find me on Instagram, Joe Ward with three D's. I'm super easy to find. Or if you want to learn more about me and what I'm up to, joeward.me in your, in your browser. Um, super easy, super easy to find. Cool. Well, thanks again, Joe. Uh, that was my shop talk with Joe Ward down in Arizona there where we're talking about his competitive CrossFit dead. I thought it was a great conversation with Joe. He has also always has some great perspective on life. Essentially. Uh, he's just a great guy to talk to. If you ever get down into that ASU Tempe, Arizona area, make sure that you go and stop in, take a class from him, check out Joe Ward on social media if you need to know where he is at. And remember, if you guys want to get yourself a whoop strap to know more about what your body is doing, how hard you should be training, you can go to whoop.com and use the code all around Joe to get yourself a discount. Or if you would like to even better get your blood tested by Inside Tracker, which I highly recommend everybody does. Go to InsideTracker.com and use the code all around Joe to get yourself 10% off. You can find the show notes for this podcast at allaroundjoe.com slash 153. And remember that we absolutely love you if you give us a review on iTunes because every five-star review that we get helps me to get my podcast closer and closer up to the top of the podcast lists, whether it be for CrossFit, fitness, whatever. Um, I'm just trying to get my message out there to more people to help more people similar to CrossFit, how they're doing things with CrossFit health and what we've talked about in this conversation. So I hope you enjoyed this. I hope that you, uh, if you have any questions, you put them in the show notes or down below the show notes on allaroundjoe.com slash 153. And if you haven't given us a review on iTunes that you do that as well, we would love it. In fact, let me know if you do, I will give you a virtual high five or maybe send you some cool stuff. So Here we go. The All Around Joe podcast, where we optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete, coach, and all-around self-improvement junkie. I will see you on the next podcast.